Welcome to the Dancing Squirrel Tacos podcast. I'm your host, Heather Brimmer, and we are back after a short hiatus while I was on a much-needed vacation. And have I got a show for you this week. Since Tuesday, my TV has been tuned solely to the Disney Plus app. Why would I go anywhere else? With everything from Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, and Disney at my fingertips, I'm all set. I never even have to leave the couch or change the channel again. The Mandalorian alone is worth this monthly fee. Now, there is one exception. Every Wednesday since October 2nd, our TV gets switched to TNT at 8 p.m. for the weekly All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show. My husband George and I and our buddy Zach are big fans of professional wrestling and even bigger fans of how AEW is changing the game with its unique brand of storytelling and incredible roster of wrestlers. All Elite Wrestling Dynamite is live each week from a new location, and next Wednesday, November 20th, it will be in Indianapolis at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. I got our tickets as soon as they went on sale, and I couldn't be more excited to get a chance to see the show live on its first appearance in Indiana. So when they announced the show in Indy, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be awesome to have somebody from AEW on Dancing Scroll Tacos? So I reached out to the publicist, and I was hoping to get someone, anyone from the roster, even the librarians, and I succeeded. This week, my guests are, in my opinion, the absolute best tag team in the world and the executive vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. So when we come back, I'll be talking with Nick and Matt And I promise I will only fangirl a little bit. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Dancing Squirrel Tacos. I'm your host, Heather Bremer, and it's my privilege to introduce you to my guests this week. You can see them weekly on Wednesdays, live from 8 to 10 p.m., on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on TNT, proving that they are the most elite tag team in the world. They are Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Matt and Nick, thanks for joining us. I have to ask, how are you both feeling? That was quite the brawl you got yourselves into on Wednesday night. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're pretty banged up. Yeah, we're pretty banged up. Uh, but you know what? I, I feel probably better than Matt does. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Like, I had to... Uh, take my kids to school this morning and even the teachers are like are you okay (laughs) i'm feeling it today well we hope to see you get some payback when all elite wrestling dynamite comes to indianapolis on wednesday november 20th at the indiana farmers coliseum before we get to aew and the present though i wanted to go all the way back to southern california where you guys grew up your dad built you a wrestling ring in the backyard, so I guess it was kind of inevitable that you'd become professional wrestlers. But was there ever a time when you considered another career, like a firefighter or a police officer or a doctor? This is Nick talking. Uh, I think the first thing I wanted to do as a child was be an NBA player. <laughs> and, uh, I just didn't grow uh, to be six foot five, you know, so... I knew that wasn't going to be an option, most likely. So uh, wrestling, uh, to me, was my other love. Uh, So uh, pretty much from, I don't know, eight years old, I knew that I was going to try to do that. For me, um, 
I always wanted to do this ever since I was a little kid. I remember being like six or seven years old and jumping around on the trampoline. And one day me and all my friends were talking about what we were going to do. And I said, you know what, one day I'm going to be a wrestler, you know, and it was always my dream. And I guess I never really, I never really grew up. It's like uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Like we, we, we feel, I, I mean, I don't necessarily feel young at this very moment, but uh, I, I, mentally I, I, I feel like I, I'm still that same six or seven year old kid who still has big dreams and aspirations. Uh, of course, um, growing up, you know, you got to make money. And uh, so I did other things. Like I, I, I used to work at a, a hot machine shop where I worked in a warehouse uh, in, a, in the molding department where I would pour hot liquid rubber into metal uh, parts. And, and Nick and I actually helped my dad out with the, in the construction business for several years. We used to build roofs on top of houses and paint houses and remodel homes and uh, we would do that during the week sometimes, uh, even after school when we were still in school, and and uh, then we'd go wrestle on the weekends. So uh, we we come from, uh, you know, a family that that you know you you had to work for everything you got. And my my dad worked his butt off. He, we come from a family of six in Southern California, so it, it wasn't easy for my dad. And you know we we saw that. So I think our our work ethic comes from him. Uh, and you mentioned, uh, yeah, he, he, when I was 15 years old, he. He built us our own professional wrestling ring in our backyard, and that's where everything pretty much got started. Well, fast forward to today, and you are one of the biggest tag teams in the world and the executive VPs of All Elite Wrestling, which made its debut on TNT on October 2nd. It all came together so fast from a fan's perspective. Did it seem like it to you guys? Was it, was it a fast process, or did it seem to take forever to get to that debut? Oh man, it's hard to say because everything has been so so crazy and so hectic. He's uh, I don't know the last the last year I would say, um, but even before that, we uh, we started planning and thinking ahead of time and brainstorming how this would look, what wrestlers we could get, what production team we could hire, what referees we could hire, like. So there was a lot going in there before we even had a first show, you know. So uh, we didn't even have a ring built until, <laughs> what, what was it, about March or something like that? <laughs> March or April? No, April, I think. I think our our first ring was built in April, and the, the first show we were going to have was the next month. So, like, I guess, uh, I guess you could say it, it came fast, but uh, it still feels like a dream to me. <laughs> Everything's so crazy. It's hard to explain. Was there a moment when you guys realized that you that this was finally real? This was you were finally doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's come in like different little bursts for me. Like when we first got to Vegas and we had the Double or Nothing show, I it, it was like, okay, you know, this show's happening. This show's real. Great. This is awesome. And we did the show. And we were like, we really did it. And then I think it really got real for me when we did, we went to the upfront and, you know, we're sitting there with all these mega stars in a room and all of a sudden our faces are on the big screen and, and, you know, the top people in TNT are talking about us and, you know, they're saying the young bucks and stuff and they're talking about AEW. It's like, wow. You know, <laughs> that's, I think when it really got real for me, it was like, okay, here we go. You know, we're, you know, this isn't just, 
you know, uh, a, a group of friends doing a couple of shows. This is, this is the real deal. And we're going on television every week. And, and then again, I talk about the burst. I think, I, I think once we first, we did the first episode in DC, I realized then, you know, oh, I don't just go home and have four weeks off now and plan for the next big one. I'm going to be back on the road in six days and we got to do this all over again. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's, it's just like Nick said, it's, Time goes really fast now because before you know it, you're on the you're on, you're on the road for the next one. So it's like I'm just trying to appreciate everything that's happening because things are moving really quickly. And I think I'm gonna look back at this time fondly and go, "Wow, that was probably one of the best times of my professional career." And I, I just wanna I just wanna try to appreciate it because what we're doing right now is really special. And, it, and it's hard to sometimes when it, when things go so so fast, you're just thinking about the next show and the next town, but. I have tried to take a breath every every day and, and, and you know, recognize just the enormity of this entire thing. Well, I know you had a show and then a pay-per-view and then a show. So this has been one of the busier stretches for you. Um, but I also know that when you guys were putting together AEW, one of the things that was really important to you, and you guys in particular, was to have time with your families. Um, and have time to take a step back and, and away from wrestling and let your body recover. Do you guys think you've accomplished that so far in the balance? Yeah, I think so. Um, luckily, uh, we're only going to be doing four of these pay-per-views a year, so we're not going to have this uh, this crazy, hectic schedule that we just had. Like, for instance, we just came off of, uh, I think, eight days on the road nine days on on the road, like in a row, something around there. Uh, but luckily that'll only be happening four times a year, like I just said. So uh, for now, though, like, yeah, I I feel like it's great for the wrestlers. Uh, not everyone is on the weekly schedule. Some wrestlers actually get a week off. Like, for instance, uh, Pac, he, he just did the eight, nine days in a row uh, tour, but He's going to have this week off. He'll have seven to uh, seven to ten days home, actually, and uh, that's unheard of in wrestling. <laughs> to even get a week off is unheard of in wrestling. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, I feel like the wrestlers are loving it. Uh, there's more time at home, and some, some wrestlers love being on the road. Though it's crazy, but uh, if you're a family man like us, and I know Pac has a wife at home. He he appreciates it, so we, we I think uh, the wrestlers are liking it so far. Well, AEW has an incredibly impressive roster, from Le Champion Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega and Cody to Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley, um, and then there's so many other wrestlers that fans are just starting to get to know, like Britt Baker and Jungle Boy and Nyla Rose. When it comes to matchmaking and talent signing. Do you guys take that from the perspective of being fans of professionally wrestling yourself or from the perspective of being EVPs of a company? I, it, you just seem so in tune with what your audience wants and what it doesn't know it wants yet. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, all of us are still fans of this. Like, you know, we're the biggest fans because we decided to get in, into wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, uh, for me, I, I try to look at it. As a fan, I go, if I was watching this at home, who would I want to watch on my television set? And that's, those are the, those are the people that I, I, I want to hire. And, you know, and, and it's great what we did for so long on the independence for, you know, for years and years and years. 
we got to wrestle a lot of these guys, you know, and see firsthand how good they were. So a lot of them were, it was, it was easy because we had first, we had firsthand experience with these guys. And a lot of these guys, we thought to ourselves, we're like, they're so good, but nobody knows about them. So let's give them the platform, you know, where they can get the exposure that they need. And because and if they can, if, in wrestling, if you can get over in front of any audience, like any type of audience, a small audience, medium sized audience, whatever, then more than likely the same thing is going to happen when you go to a larger audience. Like if, if you can get over anywhere, if you can get over in a bar in front of a hundred people, you know, in an intimate environment like that, then more than likely you're, you're going to do great on, on, on television. It's, you know, it's just going to come through. So, so yeah, like Nick and I, we can brag about it because a lot of these hires, they came from us like private party. You know, we, we scouted him personally. Like I watched a, a, a sixty-second YouTube clip, and I said, "Yep, we're signing them." You know, and and they were our pick, and we were off to the races. You know, and 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 Hangman Page and SCU, you know, a bunch of guys we were friends with, and we kind of put on our being the elite platform, and and they started to get over on that. So we said, "Those are more guys that you know we, we want to bring along." Like uh, Luchasaurus, you know, another guy that we we saw it at this little tiny Indian SoCal called Bar Wrestling. Him and Jungle Boy, we we knew. Hey, these guys can be something. So it's like it, it's fun to see that the television product is working because nobody knew these guys uh, a couple of months ago, and now Private Party can appear. A graphic of them can appear on the big screen, and the entire arena goes nuts. So it's proof in the pudding. It's proof that that this, that this is working, and we just have to keep going. I'd heard somewhere that you credit uh, Joey Janela with having a real eye for talent and that he actually recommended Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Is there anybody else that you uh, come to you and say, hey, I think you should take a look at this person, and you're like, yeah, I'll, that we need to go check them out? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> I think Janelle is the number one guy <laughs> that has a, the like best eye for it. I'm trying to think of who else is uh, – well, you know what, Kenny, uh, Kenny has scouted all the, uh, women for the, uh, the women's division. So that's all on him. And he's found some great talent. Uh, man. Trying to think. I, I was going to say that the best tool for us usually now is just kind of having our finger on the pulse of, of the yeah. culture of wrestling, like going on Twitter and seeing who's blowing up, you know, who's making waves, who's, whose gifts are circulating. Like it's, it's, it's the easiest time ever to have something go viral. So like we keep our eyes on everything and, you know, and that, that's how a lot of these stars are being made these days is, is, is through social media. Well, we've already seen a few talents break out with the audience, like Darby Allen, who I didn't know at all before AEW. And I, I tell you, I jumped off our couch as soon as the John Moxley Darby Allen uh, match was announced for Indy, because I was so excited to get to see that in person. Um, awesome. And there's other guys whose stock has risen quite a bit, like Hangman and Scorpio Sky and MJF, who might be the best heel I've ever seen. I think. Um, who else is on the roster that you think has the potential to be that next big breakout, the next wrestler that fans are absolutely going to fall in love with? I think tag team wise, Dark Order. Um, they uh, they have something special. They uh, they're one of the best teams that Matt and I have ever been in the ring with, and they completely changed their whole gimmick. And uh, 
the wrestling style and uh it's taking a little longer for the fans to uh, grasp what they're doing but they're doing it right and it's a slow build and six months from now people are going to be saying they're the best tag team in the world yeah they're certainly interesting uh, a lot of people have said the real test for AEW wasn't going to be the first few weeks of Dynamite because we knew you guys were going to get off to a hot, hot start. And that the test would come in maintaining that quality week to week and in the months to come. We're almost two months in, um, and I don't think we've seen a drop at all, off at all yet. Are those storylines and those matches really evolving organically, or has it been difficult to kind of put it together as you've gone on? Uh, we see we see big picture like we have big picture ideas and we know what we need to get to but yeah a lot of a lot of stuff is week to week because in wrestling that's what happens you know and some people get over organically quicker and out of out of nowhere sometimes like it's just there's what we call them in wrestling like happy surprises so you you can't ignore that stuff in wrestling you have to go with it so we we want to we want to be different than other wrestling companies. We want to listen to our audience and give them what they actually want, you know. Uh, so so yeah, like a lot of the things we like the stuff that's unfolding right now. We knew we were going to get to that. Maybe we didn't know exactly how we were going to get to it though. So like every week there are little changes and alters, and uh, we get together collectively and collaborate, and we get with the guys and the girls, and we, you know we figure out what the best move is, but. We have a pretty good idea where we're heading, and, uh, and, and again, we're just getting started. So on AEW Dark, which I love each week uh, as an addition to, a to AEW Dynamite, we've seen a lot of footage of you and Cody and others in the ring after the show, uh, throwing out shirts to the crowd and interacting with the fans. Why is that interaction so important to you guys? Oh, it, it means everything. Um, to give the audience something that they'll remember forever is something special to us. And we feel like if we give these moments to them, they'll come back more and more and uh, word of mouth will spread and they'll bring friends. And it's just moments that we create. Like for instance, uh, two weeks, two, about two weeks ago, we, uh, we brought in a, uh, a kid from the front row who was celebrating his birthday and, we had him pin Brandon Cutler <laughs> and had him win a match. Like he's gonna he's gonna remember that moment for the rest of his life, you know. And I know I would if that happened to me when I was a young kid. So it's it's about giving those types of special moments to these fans who followed AEW since the first day and and even before that, following our careers before all this even happened, you know. So I think it's important we keep doing that. Well, I know I certainly remember the time I was at a, another promotions event and Lex Luger got hit in the face and his spit went all over me. Uh, oh. So I would definitely think, you know, getting to win a match in AEW would stick with everybody for a long time. Oh, man. You're, you're in the, the, the wet zone. Yeah, apparently. My mother had no idea what she had gotten herself into. Uh, and so she was quite surprised. We, she's like, okay, we're moving. And I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> well, Matt and Nick, it's been an honor to have you on Dancing Squirrel Tacos. As I said, you can see the Young Bucks and the rest of the AEW roster in person at Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis on November 20th and live during their two-hour weekly matches on All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on TNT from 8 to 10 p.m. each Wednesday. I have one last question before I let you go. 
the business side of wrestling has to concern itself with things like ratings and ticket sales. But as wrestlers and entertainers and part of that core group that launched AEW, what does success look like for you for AEW? I think if if we're for, for for me and Nick especially like if we're helping change people's lives and like we, we get so many messages now like I want to say on a daily basis from fans who say that we help with their mental health and that you know they they I've had people reach out to me and tell me that they've considered suicide but then they've fallen in love with us and it's given them something to believe in and something to watch and entertain them and it's helped them through these hard times that to me touches me more than anything and then that means more to me than any rating can ever you know mean to me or it, like, that that's the real reason why i got into business was to, to, to change the world and to make the place a better place and to to give people hope i think and if my story and my brother's story helps with that then god that all of this was worth it so like yeah in, in a business sense you know of course People are always going to talk about the importance of selling tickets and selling merchandise and, and ratings and stuff. And it, of course, that stuff does matter. But man, for me, getting to to meet my fans and 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 shake their hands and thank them and and share a moment with them and a nice interaction with them, whether it's even in person or on, on social media, that I think that's been the most rewarding thing for me through this whole process. I agree. Yep. Well, guys, again, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast this week. I'm really looking forward to Wednesday night in Indianapolis. It'll be my first AEW live show. I've seen you guys a couple times before in other promotions. Really excited to have you guys in town, and I hope the indie crowd is as hot as some of the other crowds have been. Just as a fan myself, I I just want to thank you guys for bringing a promotion that I think is serving the fans so well and the wrestlers as well. It's been an honor to talk to you. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you again to Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, for joining me this week. It means so much to have you guys on my show. It was such an honor. And I've got some really exciting news because the AEW fun doesn't stop there. That's right. I've got another amazing interview lined up for next week right before AEW goes live from Indy. Wrestlers, executives, and married couple Cody and Brandy Rhodes will join us for another must-tune-in episode of Dancing Squirrel Tacos. I cannot wait. I'm going to talk to them about their dog, Pharaoh, and how they balance wrestling life with married life. So look for that link to go up next Tuesday afternoon. That's it for this week. Remember, we're all just stories in the end, so make it a good one, eh?